host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. We are at episode number 23, and I'm really, really excited to have on our guest here this week, um, one of the best basketball coaches in the Midwest, high school basketball coaches uh, out of the state of South Dakota, uh, Larry Luchens, uh, the all-time winning coach and all-time winningest coach in South Dakota boys basketball history. Uh, but before we get to Coach Luchens, uh, we of course want to thank our sponsor for the episode and this and every episode, Cosec Chiropractic, located at 14450 Eagle Run Drive, just off of 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balanced neck or spinal issues, have them go see Cosec Chiropractic. You can check out their practice at cosacchiro.com. That's K O S A K C H I R O.com. Or you can give them a call at 402 964 Just be sure to let them know that a pen and a napkin is the one that sent you their direction. Uh, follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. They just need to search a pen and a napkin. We try to put up daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so please be sure to follow us there. Uh, if you're listening, you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, so be sure to download, rate, review, five stars, so we can get the word out to as many coaches as we can. Um, this is all about helping coaches and making coaches better, so we want you to to forward this out. Uh, any Anybody with a, with a growth mindset, we want them listening here to a pen and a napkin. And last but certainly not least, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, this very guest here tonight came from a suggestion from an email, uh, a little bit different. It's a childhood friend of, of 35 years, but regardless, we're here, aren't we, Coach? Um, <laughs> we are here. Email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, so please don't hesitate to reach out to us. So, as I said, Coach Larry Luchens, of, formerly of Custer, South Dakota, now living in retirement in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Coach, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Marty, and uh, I just want to tell you how excited I am to be on your show tonight. Oh, thank you so much. I, you know, uh, sometimes there's the people I bring on. Uh, I have a previous relationship with them, uh, and, and so it's pretty easy. But it's it's also fascinating. I've had quite a few guests on uh, that I didn't have a previous relationship, and you you do some research on them prepping for the show. And uh, coach, you had a remarkable career, and just the the things that I found out about you. Um, I mean, numbers aside, uh, just the the type of coach you were, the way that you coached your kids, uh, just can't say enough. Uh, just how uh, in awe I am of your achievements and 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 everything that you were able to to put together in your career. Some of those things. Well, thank you, Marty. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, some of those things, like I said, 748 career wins, uh, still the record holder in South Dakota boys high school basketball history. Uh, seven state championships, six runner-ups, 17 state tournament appearances. And you did it in a unique situation, Coach. You were, uh, for the vast majority of your career, you were in a small town of about 2,000 people out out by, uh, out by in the Black Hills, right? That is correct. Custer, Custer High School. Custer High School. Um, what brought you out to Custer? Well, I, <laughs> I, I went to... I went to uh, New England, North Dakota, and uh, uh, there, the, the school uh, was uh, run by a, a priest who uh, was very wealthy. In fact, uh, he owned uh, he owned three motels that bordered Disneyland out in L.A. Jeez! So uh, he came back, and he spent most of the winter out there. And he came back and watched the game, and we were. We were ranked number one in the state 
in uh, in North Dakota. He came back and watched the game, and and uh, we won the game that that he watched. He called me in the next morning, and he wasn't pleased with uh, with how we were playing. He he didn't. Uh, he thought we had too many turnovers, and uh, and uh, we were running the ball and and giving up too many easy baskets. And he wanted me to switch to his zone and and walk the ball down the floor. And I said, well, you know, if I said, Father, I said, I've never done that. I said, I've never played that style of ball. I, I said, I, I, I couldn't do that. Well, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it real easy for you. He said, you you either do it my way or you win the state tournament or you get fired. Jeez. Well, we got upset uh, on Saturday night in the uh, finals of the district. I made a running hook shot at the buzzer uh, to win the game. and. Uh, he wasn't kidding. Monday, uh, Monday morning, I got fired. You just had to be stunned, I, I guess. I was. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, how do you, how do you come? Uh, I don't know if come back, but but just what was the. Uh, the emotional process, I'm, I'm sure they're obviously stunned, but, you know, some disbelief, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, might have been thought you were on candid camera or something like that at the time. Yeah, yeah, right. um, you know, how did you, how did you work through that? Uh, just in, well, a, in a human sense. I went, I went a year uh, without coaching. Uh, I, uh, I grew up in a rural community, Britain, South Dakota, and and I went back to I went back to Britain and went to work for a friend of mine on the farm, and uh, I just didn't think I was ever going to coach again. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coach there in uh, in Britain was uh, uh, a good friend of mine, and, and uh, he was coaching my brother. And uh, he asked me uh, during the end of the year if I'd do some uh, scouting for him, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I said, well, yeah, sure, you know, because my brother was there, so of course I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, they go on and they win the state tournament that year. And I got excited about it again, and and uh, I I started uh, working for my stepdad uh, at at the filling station, and lo and behold, the uh, uh, the pastor at uh, from out in Custer, the Lutheran pastor uh, guy by the name of Dick Monson, stops in to see me, and and he said, hey, he said. Uh, the, the basketball job out in Custer's open, and they, they they'd like to have you come out there. Well, you know, I wasn't real excited about it to start with, and he kept stopping in to see me. And finally, <laughs> I I said, okay, I'll, I'll come out, and you know, I'll come out and interview and see what happens. So mm-hmm. I did. I went out there and uh, interviewed, and, and uh, I was I was kind of excited about it. And mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh, I, I decided, yeah, I'll take the job. And that was in uh, 1973. And, and uh, 1973, I went to Custer. Yeah. I, I saw on one of your interviews, it said, uh, you know, we planned on being here for two years. And <laughs> <laughs> then you multiplied that by 20. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, that was a thought, you know, that we'd stay there a couple of years and then, Still on to coach, but you know, move on. Uh, I don't know, bigger school probably is what I was thinking about. Sure. But uh, after two years, I uh, I really liked it. I really got excited about it. I liked it. I liked the kids, and and uh, I could see that there was some some good kids coming, and and so uh, I stayed. 
I stayed and ended up coaching there for 40 years mm -hmm. um, and loved it. And, yeah. Um, did you uh, – my parents are kind of the same way. When, when we moved to northwest Iowa as a kid, I, you know, I think they said they were going to be there for three or four years and they would move back to uh, south central Iowa. And, you know, that was 1977 and it's 2020 and my dad's still living there. Uh, so, so it's kind of a similar story, kind of a similar story. Um, did you, did you, uh, did you feel like it was, uh, and, and obviously you have the, the, the opportunity of perspective 45, 46 years later. Uh, but, but do you feel like it was a little bit of fate that brought you to Custer? I mean, if, if this doesn't happen in New England, you, you probably don't end up in Custer. And, and have you ever thought about it in that way that, oh, yeah. that maybe oh, yeah. this was a blessing in, in disguise to kind of work for a unrealistic ad administrator? I, I, I did think of it. And, uh, it, it it was a kind of a blessing in disguise, and and uh, I, uh, I I I just I'm not sorry at all now. I I, I was really happy because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of great memories from Custer, and uh, and you know if if I hadn't got fired, I never would have ended up there. You're right. Yeah. Um. So you go out to Custer, and you know you obviously you carve a huge niche and and it is a it is a area that is uh, rich with history uh you know some of it positive uh in american history but there's a lot of lot of uh, negative connotations when it comes to that region and the way that the united states government treated the the native american population uh, but one of the things that i i saw was uh your relationship with the lakota sioux uh tribe out in the out in the area and 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 some of the the things that you that you had there and and the high level of basketball that is is played by a lot of those high school kids on the on the reservations and things like that we had a story here in Nebraska with the Winnebago uh high school winning the state championship it was about 3 or 4 years ago uh but that was a huge story here in our state uh kind of explain how you you immerse yourself into into their culture and how it may have affected your coaching style and and kind of some of the special things that you learned from them well um we uh uh we had uh at an uprising in in uh, in Custer in uh, in 1973 in, in uh, I oh, believe it was in that's February. right yeah I'm sorry that go ahead that was before I got there mm -hmm. and uh, they did the little burning of the courthouse and uh, um, they, you know a lot of a lot of negative excitement yeah and uh, we were scheduled uh, on our on our schedule to go to uh, Pine Ridge and play. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that year. And, uh, the superintendent said, well, you, you know, you don't have to go, you know, you don't have to go if you don't want to go. And I said, well, why, why would I want to go? Well, you know, we had this trouble on that. And, and I said, well, I said, you know, the idea is that, you know, you want to play the best basketball teams that you can schedule. And, uh, you know, the native American teams are really good. And we're, you know, we're scheduled to play pioneers. They're supposed to have a really, really good team. Uh, we want to play, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. I, I said, I've never, I've never had any prejudice uh, about native Americans. Uh, one of my best friends back in Britain was a kid by the name of Jimmy Greycloud, who was a native American kid. I said, uh, yeah, never, ever thought anything about it. And, uh, uh he was kind of shocked, you know, mm -hmm. by it. And, uh, uh, that was, that was the beginning 
of my friendship with uh, with the Native American people. And, and a guy by the name of Brian Brewer was coaching then at that time. And, and uh, uh, his, uh, he had uh, a couple boys that were about the same age as my son, Lance. And so, you know, we ended up playing them over the years and, and, and we became really good friends, Brian and I. And Brian and, and Chuck Cooney, had started a all Indian tournament that they had called it, mm-hmm. and they had they had done that because they had trouble getting games. Okay, yeah. And so they 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 had scheduled a, a eight an eighteen tournament at that time. Well, <clears throat> I can't remember exactly what year it was, but uh, I think it was about the early eighties. He says to me, he said, "Would you like to play in in the?" In the all Indian tournament, we, you know, he said we changed the name of it to to the Lakota uh, Nation tournament, L and I. And I'd love to play in it. You know, again, it was the same thing. You're saying, telling me I I would have a chance to give a, a couple of really good basketball games. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I became very good friends with uh, with uh, Chuck and Brian, and and uh, we started playing and and started playing in the tournament and. Uh, uh, we won the tournament a number of, a number of years and and uh, became you know became very good friends with uh, not not only uh, Chuck and Brian but the other guys that started coaching you know a guy by the name of Dave Ar- Archambault and, and uh, Dusty LeBeau, who was uh, uh, probably one of the best not just Native American coaches but was probably one of the best coaches in the state of South Dakota uh-huh. and. Uh, these, these these guys became you know good friends of mine. You know you become good friends when you compete with somebody and you compete at a high level. You know where you're not winning all the time and they're not winning all the time. But uh, you know you have you have great games and and uh, uh, I had great games with with uh, those people. I, the teams that uh, that I played that uh, they're out the reservation. They're really good. Pine Ridge, of course, uh, Red Cloud. Uh, which was a Catholic high school, uh, Native American high school, right uh, about four miles from Pine Ridge. Uh, Little One High School is another one that was uh, that was really good. Those are three of the of the top Native schools that uh, that we played uh, during those uh, years and through the through all the time that I coached out there. Do you do you think uh, by you kind of uh having the the i don't know if courage is the right word but it's the word we'll use you you very easily like you said your your superintendent or your principal said you don't have to go play uh but especially during that time period you chose to play and do you think that helped and 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 high school athletics was a way to kind of help heal some of those uh old wounds that had resurfaced during that time period absolutely absolutely there's not any doubt in my mind at all now I didn't think about it that way, uh-huh. you know. I mean, I, I thought about it strictly as, "Hey, this is this is going to be great basketball competition, and and we want to play." Mm-hmm. But it, it it helped heal a lot of wounds, and, and I have I have a lot of really really good friends on the reservation now. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them on the, on the Pine Ridge Reservation, but uh, some on on the Cheyenne. Uh, uh, Eagle Butte uh, Reservation there, and, and I just, uh, you know, they're they're still good friends, and mm-hmm. and uh, I've had I've had a little trouble with, uh, with my health in the last uh, few years. I've had uh, lupus, and I haven't been able to 
to make it to the uh, LNI, the Lakota Nation tournament. But mm-hmm. uh, every year, you know, somebody calls me and says, are you going to come? Are you coming? When are you going to start coming back again? <laughs> and uh, so my plan, and so I told uh, I told Brian, my plan is I, I'm going to come next year. I'm going to come if I have to come out there in an ambulance. I'm going to make it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh Call my buddy Meyer and and he'll get something set up for you and 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 we'll be good for there. So and, and he he can put it on the uh, the pen and a napkin budget. How about that? There you go. <laughs> There's not much of a budget, Coach. I'm sorry. So. <laughs> uh, you know you uh you, you coached for you coached for 45 years uh you, you started out in the the late 60s at the height of the the Vietnam era. Um. And and you go through uh, disco of the '70s. You go through the Reagan '80s. You go through the the techie '90s, the hip hop revolution of the 2000s, and and all the way to the end of your career. I mean, you you, you know, you're a, a a walking history book in a lot of ways there. Um, but you 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 had success. Uh, in some form or another, the entire way through, and and you had to adapt to to changing. You know, the kids are the same, but the environment around them had had changed. Uh, every you know, kind of every step of the way. Um, how did you uh, adapt to that um, as you as you went through your career? Was it something conscious? Was it something subconscious that you did? Uh, just Kind of explain that process for our coaches that maybe, you know, they've been in it, you know, ten or fifteen years, and now, like like myself, you know, I I, I started in the the late nineties, and and the world's a much different place now than it was twenty some years ago. Uh, how did you stay in touch with your with your players and and kind of uh, we're, we're still able to communicate with them in a way that was relatable uh, for them to understand you and you understanding them. I think I was always, uh, uh, I think I was always pretty positive and uh, uh, pretty positive as a coach and, and pretty positive with, with my kids. And, and uh, I, I, di- I didn't change. And, and consequently, because I didn't change, the, the kids didn't change. They were, they were still the same. They, they, they loved the game. They still wanted to play. And uh, they were, they were positive too. Now, you know, you you at times have parent problems, and uh, you know I, I I have to I have to laugh. You know, I've got a lot of lot of kids that played for me that that are coaching now, and uh, you know they'll call every once in a while and ask me something. But I, I tell everybody they never call and ask me. Well, how do you beat a, a three one half court trap, or, or how do you beat a, a certain kind of zone press? They say. How do you deal with a parent who does this? Yep, and and that's that's kind of sad, really. That uh, you know your your problems uh, are not basketball related; they're parent related. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I think because of that, you know, I've, I've I've been able to get along with the kids, and I still get along with the kids, and, and uh, I, I I miss coaching. I really miss it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, if if my health had stayed, uh, I, I, I probably I probably would still be coaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, it is a great, it's just a great game. It is. 
It is. When you uh, when you say, you know, so you kind of feel like the parents changed more than the kids did from your from the beginning of your career to the end. Very definitely. And, and what, um, what what are some of the ways where, where you saw well, that? I, I didn't, you know, when I was first coaching, I didn't I didn't have any parent problems, you know, at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I didn't end up with a lot of parent problems at, at Custard, mm-hmm. but I had a few. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, um, the parent problems were, were much, much more serious than, than the kid problems. And, and when, like I say, when, when, when my kids call, call me and, and ask me, you know, it's, it's how do you deal with this parent and how do you deal with a parent that does this? And, and, and I, I wonder when, when they talk about it, I wonder, should I, could I coach? Could I, if I were starting now, could I coach? Would I be able to, would I be able to coach? I, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that. I mean, I, I really, to be honest, I, I really don't know whether I, I would be able to coach or not, but, uh, I think so, but you know, you don't know. Yeah. So parents have changed. Do you think that's, uh, I, I kind of see it as well, just from when I started in the, the, like I said, the mid to late nineties and, and I was a head coach for one year, um, in the late nineties. And then I was an assistant for another four years or so. And then was a head coach for 13 years before I stepped away a couple of years ago. Um, what, um, oh, I had the question in my head and then I lost it. Uh, oh, I think the thing that I saw and, and maybe you agree or disagree, let me know. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that, that I saw in the, in the change in parents, uh, was they, they put much more of their own time and investment into their children whether it's monetary, whether it's time, whether it's taking them to this tournament, that tournament, whatever it may be. And whereas a lot of your kids were just developed in the, in the high school at Custer High or the, 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 the outdoor courts at Custer Junior High or whatever it may be, you know, there was, there was no AAU in Sheldon, Iowa or anything like that. We just, we just played. Um, and, and I think when, when parents don't see when when they've put as much into it in, in an investment, so to speak, uh, when when that outcome doesn't come out the way that they want it to, I think that brings some frustration. That's kind of, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that's not the only thing. But would you agree with that? Would you disagree with that? What do you think of that? I, I would totally agree with that. You know, uh, uh, too many of them are are trying to live their their life through their kid, and uh, and. And you know they've they've put a lot of a lot of time and a lot of money into it, and and now they expect uh, they expect to get the rewards themselves, you know, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't always turn out that way. But uh, I, I I totally agree. Uh, it, it's it's really changed. I mean, uh, you know, we just do things a lot different now than we did when I started coaching fifty years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was it was just what you said. Fifty years ago, you know, we go to the outside gym and, and have a pick up pick up game or work on our shooting or whatever. And and now you're you know now you're traveling now you're traveling to to Minneapolis you're traveling to Denver you know uh, it's uh, it's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think 
also part of it is, uh, you know, kind of what's how how do I want to say this? Uh, the 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 expectation uh, kind of with the with the modern technology and um, you know with the email or you know that type of thing social media um, th- they can be a little bit more aggressive because it's not as direct it's not as confrontational do you think that plays into it as well I I, I think so very much so uh-huh. you know uh, uh, you know times uh, times have really changed you know with you know, what's and and. You know, everybody, everybody watches TV, and they're watching uh, uh, Duke play, and they're watching North Carolina play, and and they listen to the coaches, and they listen to them talk. And pretty soon, they think, "Well, you know, I know that, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, I, I I know as much as Shesty does, you know, I know as they don't, you know, <laughs> they don't at all. None of us but, do, <laughs> but, but they think they do. Uh huh. They think they do. Many of the parents, I mean, they're watching watching TV and they, they hear somebody say something on TV and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, I knew that. They, you know, they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't. And, but, but they think they do. Okay. So... Let's put on your your coach's hat here. Uh, Marty Plum, instead of graduating from Sheldon High School, graduated from Custer High, and and I played for you in the the early 90s, and I call you up. I say, Coach, here's the deal. I got a parent uh, that I'm dealing with, and – uh, you know, Jimmy, he's a rotation player. At, I mean, we need Jimmy, but he's our seventh or eighth guy. But but Dad is is thinking he should be the third leading scorer, and you know, so forth and so on. You know, how how do I handle that, Coach? Well, you know, it, it, it's something. You know, you you got to you got to talk about it, and uh, you know, you got to talk to you got to talk to the parent about it, and and. Uh, Got to, you got to be careful that you know you, you you're talking with them and not against them, and uh, but you don't have to agree with them, and uh, you know very seldom uh, did I agree with a parent that you know felt their kids should be playing ahead of, of of Johnny or Johnny's mm-hmm. kid or something, mm-hmm. and uh, but you know I tried not to make a a big issue out of it. And sometimes I did make a big issue out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Just out of your own uh, frustration a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to say I was, you know, perfect and never lost it. But, uh, you know, I, I lost it a few times and, and, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it, it, it wasn't very positive to lose it, but, uh, um, I look back now and, and look back at every situation I have and, had and I, I, I don't think I was wrong. You know, okay. I, I think I was pretty much, uh, pretty much right most of the time. Yeah, I. I and, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coach. No, uh, you know, and, and I, I know, I, I know. I watched, you know, my granddaughters play, and and uh, you know, I, I would be just like those some of those parents. I'd be thinking, ooh, I, th- I think they're getting a bad deal here. And I wouldn't say anything, you know. Yeah. I'd never say anything to Yeah. My old athletic director used to say, um, uh, you know, there's only there's only five parents that are happy at a time, and that's the five kids that are on the floor. 
and and there's only one that's really really happy, and it's the parent of the kid that scored the last basket, or or something along those lines. And, yeah, you know, there, yeah. There's, no, I understand. There's I some, understand. There's some truth to that. So there is. Um, there's a lot of truth to it. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that you had to deal with, and and this is something um, that I think uh, it's it's never uh, an experience that we ever want to have as a as a teacher or as a coach or an educator in any way, shape, or form, is that you had to deal uh, with the death of a player while they were playing for you, and, and not only was he a player for you, he was an outstanding player that was uh, getting some Division One offers, uh, you know. Power, what we would call today Power Five or B, BCS uh, uh, looks. A uh, kid by the name of Derek Paulson. I, I believe it was, was it 1998, Coach? Uh, shoot. 98 or 99, I think it was. Yeah, somewhere it was. On there. It was. Yep. 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 Um, and not only that, but his, his father, who was a terrific coach in his own right, was your assistant coach. And it is it is a situation uh, in which none of us ever want to be be placed in, um, both as a friend or as a as a coach uh, or an educator. Uh, but how how did you uh, have to work your way through that? How did you have to? Uh, what are some things that you tried to be aware of as you led your your team and, and not only your team but your your good friend and, and assistant coach and and his brother was a freshman I believe that year yep. as well. Uh, yep. You know what you know in case any of our coaches have been or you know may face something like this tragic situation. You know what would be some words of advice that you would have for them? Well, it, it was. It was the toughest. It was the toughest thing I had in in all my forty some years of coaching. There, there's no, there's no doubt about it. Uh, he, uh, Derek, was uh, he. He would have ended up probably being the best player that I ever coached. Um, that's how talented he was. He was being uh, he was being recruited really hard by Penn State and and Northwestern from the Big Ten and and uh, in fact. Uh, both uh, both those schools, uh, the assistant coach, the one that was doing the most of the recruiting of him, both of them came to the funeral. Oh which, wow! Uh, yeah, which really uh, really impressed me. I mean, it just really impressed me. And uh, so, I mean, he he was really talented. I mean, he was a he was a good player and a good kid. And uh, uh, he came. Uh, he came up to my house on uh, on on a Sunday in late uh, July, and he and his his girlfriend stopped up to the house, and, and uh, the girlfriend was in uh, talking to my wife, and he said, "Coach," he said, uh, "He said I, I, I'm thinking real seriously about about not going out for football, and I, I just want to know how you feel about it." And I said, "Well, Derek, you know." <laughs> That's your choice," I said. "I'm not going to tell you. You know, you have to go out for football, and and uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be upset with you if you don't go out for football. That that's your choice. You, you know, you have to decide. You know what you're what you're going to do there, and if you want to think about it, and and uh, that's what you want to do. I said, I, I I'll support you no matter what what you decide to do. And so uh, they left. You know, and and. Uh, when he left, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't think he's probably going to go out for football. You know, he's probably going to devote 
time to, to basketball, you know, and, but uh, I, I just don't want uh, the football coach to think that, you know, that I'm trying to talk him into doing that and uh, so on. But anyway, uh, the following Friday, uh, I was home and, and uh, I was home alone and in the afternoon and all of a sudden uh, there was a knock on the door and it was uh, the deputy sheriff. And uh, he wanted to know if I knew uh, where uh, uh, either of the Paulsons were, parents. And uh, I did know that uh, where Fred was. Well, I said, Fred's on his way to see his parents, his parents in Michigan. And I said, I, I don't know where the, where the mom is. I said, she she could have gone to, to uh, Rapid City or something. I don't know. And he, and he said, well, how about uh, uh, Eva? The, that's the girl you know, where her parents are. And I said, well, yeah, they're, uh, they're in Minnesota. Um, her grandmother is having her 90th birthday and, and her mother's there uh, preparing for that 90th birthday. I said, why, why are you asking me? And he said, well, then he went on to tell me that, that, uh, they'd been in a car accident over by Huron and, and, uh, and both of them had been killed. Uh-huh. So I, I got a hold of, uh, Fred and and I got a hold of uh, Mrs. Wallstrom and and uh, told them, which was really 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 tough. I can't imagine. And uh, so then, uh, uh, like you said, Paige was uh, uh, Derek's brother was a freshman and and uh, uh, it was tough on him, really tough on him and. And uh, it was tough on on the team, on the, on the kids uh, that uh, were going to be playing with them. And we would have, we would have probably, like I say, we probably would have had the best team that I've ever had too, mm-hmm. because that's how good he was. And I and I had some, you know, some pretty solid kids around him too. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it it was it was hard, and and uh, uh, I had. I just I told Fred and I and I and I told uh, Mrs. Uh, Wallstrom. I said, you know, they both they both taught for me, worked for me. And I said, you know, if you have a bad day and, and you want to stay home, stay home. Don't come to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you just you have to you have to take care of yourself. And and I don't know how to do it. You know, I don't know yeah. how to how to tell you to do it. So, but uh, you know, if you need some time, extra time, just just take it. And, uh, uh, Fred never did. He came, he came every day and, and, uh, he was the Dean of students, uh, uh, for the middle school, high school. And, and, uh, he, he kept, you know, he kept doing his job and, and did a good job of it. Uh, but, uh, it was, it was really tough. It was really tough on, on his wife. You know? Sure. And, uh, and tough on Paige. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have a very good year that year. We, I think we went about 500. Uh-huh. And, and you know, I'm thinking that it had Derek been there, we might have been undefeated. Uh-huh. And, and uh, you know, it just it didn't, it didn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I, I got to tell you, you know, if, if, if I didn't have a, a solid uh, spiritual base, I wouldn't have made it. Because uh, I did a lot of praying and a lot of talking to the Lord, and uh, there just there just wasn't any way to 
who say, well, this is how you get through it, you know. Sure. Uh, and and uh, there wasn't any way to say, well, you know, you, you'll 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 be all right. You'll get, you know, no, uh, you don't you don't ever forget it. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, when uh, when Lance told me you're calling, you know, and I knew that we'd be talking about it, you know, and it was it was tough just just thinking about it, you yeah. know, because. That's the kind of kid that that Derek was, and and Eva, his girlfriend, was the same same caliber. She may have been she may have been the best girl that we had in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, she just <laughs> she just was a super 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 kid. Yeah, and and uh, and you know, and and Derek was the same way. I mean, and and there there is no way. There's no way that you say, well, you do this and, and you get through it. No, no. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that that if if anybody ever has a situation like this, I'm just hoping that they have a, a strong spiritual base because I don't know how you get through it if you don't. Yeah. Do you think it's one of the, kind of one of those situations? And I, and I went through this. I lost my mother. Uh, very suddenly uh, to a heart attack when I was 22, um, and and it's just kind of you, you take things one day at a time. You're gonna have, like you said, you're gonna have your good days. You're gonna have your bad days, um, yeah. and and I imagine uh, you know you you leaned on the kids and the kids leaned on you and, and Coach Paulson to kind of work your way your, work your way through it, and you just kind of had to feel it through one step at a time. I would imagine. That is, that's true. That's yeah. true. I mean, that's 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 real good because that's what it was one one step at a time. Yeah. And uh, there was no there was no you know hurrying through it or rushing through it or or things will be you know okay tomorrow because they they weren't going to be okay tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. they and they weren't. But uh, but it it was it was really tough. It was really tough. You know. Uh, uh, I had a, uh, a bicycle accident. Uh-huh. Uh, I was, I was, uh, uh, hit from behind by an RV and, uh, spent, uh, 19 days in the hospital and, and they didn't think I was going to make it. Oh my. And, and Fred had to kind of take over, you know, and, and run things for me. And, and what he said was, well, you know, this is what Larry did for me when when I lost Derek, and now I have to I have to do these things for him. I have to take care of him now. The, since uh, he had this uh, this bad accident, and you know they didn't they weren't sure that I was going to make it, and he did. He just mm-hmm. he took over and, and he did things that uh, that he didn't have to do. Yep. You know, yep. and. Uh, uh, Pretty special. Yep. Pretty special. We we developed a great, great relationship, friend mm-hmm. and I. Yep. The the magic of sports is it's a lot it's 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 about a hell of a lot more than sports. It, <laughs> you know. It really is. And, and and when you think that all it is is winning and losing, then you better get out. Yep. Because yep. It, you're right, it's so much more than that. Uh, it it's just wow, it's just everything, you know? Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. One more question, and and then we'll kind of go to our pivot point here. Biggest thing. What what are the one, two, three things that you miss the most about coaching? If you could, you know, if you could jump back out there again, you know, what's the things you miss the most in your retirement? I miss here? the kids. Mm-hmm. I miss the kids. You have a relationship when you're coaching. You have a relationship with the kids that that you don't have if you're not a coach. I mean, you, you just don't have uh, that kind of relationship as a, as a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. with the kids. But but if if you're uh, if you're uh, if you're coaching, then you've got a special special bond and a special relationship with your kids, and, and uh, uh, that's what I miss. I mean, I, I miss that. Uh, that relationship yeah yeah you miss you, know, you miss winning games you know what the heck that's why we're in there to, to, to score more points than somebody else and win the game that's why they you keep know. score you know yeah that's right that's yeah. why they do yeah no doubt about it. but uh I, I miss kids in fact uh i got a i got a uh, a christmas card from a kid that uh that played it he was a junior uh, for me at, at New England St. Mary's up there in North Dakota that thousand years I spent up there. And uh, he sent me a Christmas card and he said that he wanted to, he wanted to have a, a reunion. And he wanted me to come and, and uh, he was going to have it next summer and he wanted to know if I would come if, if he had a reunion. I, I mean, I immediately wrote him back and said, absolutely. Tim, I, I just, I couldn't think of anything more exciting than to Get a chance to see you and the other kids that uh, that played for me. Uh, you know, the kids, the kids all wanted me to stay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't have choice. Yeah, yeah. But I had a great bond with them, you know, and uh, so it, it, I, I'm looking forward to that. Now. I'm looking forward to to uh, to next summer getting together and seeing kids that I haven't seen for. Years. Quite a while. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's that's great that they're, uh, you know that, and I, and I think that's your 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 that that says so much about you, coach. That that fifty years later, uh, these guys want to bring you back and and spend time with you, and that you really left a mark on their life. That was the the ultimate, uh, you know, the ultimate lesson that you're trying to teach. True. Yeah. So I, I, I agree, and, uh, and that, that's you know that's the that's the biggest thing that I miss is is that relationship that I had with the kids, and, and uh, I, I would love to uh, I would love to still be coaching. I agree with. Well, and, uh, oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut I, you off there. I, um, I, um. We're going to pivot here a little bit, Coach. Uh, at this point, our, our loyal listeners know that uh, uh, this is the point where we where we uh, go uh, into our, our Don Meyer quote of the day uh, from uh, your alma mater of, of Northern State University there. Uh, Coach Meyer, uh, one of my personal heroes. Uh, we have a quote from him every week, Coach, uh, that we put out yeah. here. Um, so the, the Don Meyer quote of the day. Uh, for your episode is shout praise and whisper criticism. Amen. Amen. He was a great, great guy. Yeah. I just, uh, and, and he's a perfect example of, uh, 
and some of you that, that lived by what he just what you just said to me there, because uh, uh, he didn't uh, he didn't shout at anybody. Uh, uh, that's that's good. Yep. Well, I was fortunate enough. I, you know, I met him a few times. You know, just one of the the thousands that revolved through his life. But, you know, like the thousands that revolved through his life, he had a huge effect on me and and the way he taught the game and and everything. And and uh, you know, uh, I have every. I, I I'm you know whatever Carmen Meyer is living living off of in her retirement, I, I think I probably gave about half of it to, to her with everything that I ordered uh, over the years from Don Meyer, from Don Meyer Industries. So, uh, yeah. I understand. <laughs> so, um, but uh, we're going to jump into some, some philosophy and some of the things that you did as a, as a coach. And um, I guess the kind of one of the more, interesting things i thought like i said you know at the at the top here custer's only a, a town of about you know two probably between 2000 and 2500 people uh and and yet you were able to to build a a sustained winner there for a long long time um how um let's lead off with this um how did you organize your program in a in a town that size that was uh that you were able to sustain uh that winning culture that you were able to develop well i think i think first off it uh came from uh uh my having a, a positive attitude mm -hmm. and uh and trying to to uh share that with the kids we we started every practice with something like you know, some, maybe it was a comment from Don Meyer. Uh, maybe it was a comment from uh, you know some other coach, uh, and and we would talk we would talk a little bit about whatever it was. It was something you know very positive that we started every practice with, and uh, uh, the kids the kids appreciated that, and and uh, they they still. They still talk about that to this day. When, whenever I, I see them or talk to anybody, you know that, uh, that they they liked uh, starting practice with something positive and and ending practice with something positive, and and, and we did that, and uh, um, I, I felt good about it, and 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 they felt really good about it, and I wouldn't have changed that for for anything. Okay. Um how uh, how soon did you, or or at what age did you, uh, start organizing your your kids out there at Custer? How did you kind of develop your kids uh, through the different grade levels, and and what kind of organization did you have with that? And I'm sure that you know from 1973 to to 2013 that changed drastically. But you know how did how did you put that together? Well, number one. Um, the people that I had working for me, uh, I had I had some great great assistant coaches. In fact, uh, in fact, one of them was uh, was here uh, last weekend. He still he still lives in Pastor. He he works for uh, 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 something called Coin, which are coaches of influence. And uh, he was out here, and he's <laughs> he's going to write a book about that. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, and he was out here and, and uh, was quizzing me about a few things and and wanted to know how you know how we how we could do that. So he decided he was going to write a chapter and send it to me, and and then I would you know go through it and and proof it and send it back to him. But uh, he was my uh, he was my fifth and sixth grade coach for. Uh, 15, 20 years. And, mm-hmm. uh, and he was good. I mean, he was very, very fundamental. And, and uh, uh, consequently, the kids got a great start, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're fifth or sixth grade, and you've got a, uh, somebody coaching you that, that really knows their basketball and, and, and knows their kids. Well, they're, they're you. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my, my seventh grade coach, uh, he might have been the nicest guy in the world. He's he's retired, lives up in, in Spearfish, and uh, I still I still hear from him. And and uh, uh, again, he was just super positive, and, and uh, the kids the kids learned from him. And then the, one of my eighth grade coach, uh, he was probably as fundamentally strong as as. Anybody I've ever had, he was, he was much more fundamentally strong than I was. You know? mm-hmm. he, he knew his fundamentals. He was a guy that never read soccer, and uh, he, you know, he he knew his basketball. And then uh, I had uh, I had for twenty five years my uh, my assistant uh, was a guy by the name of Neil Seeger. Seeger, and he's he's passed away now. And guy, uh, yeah, I, I tell you, he was. Uh, he was just right there all the time to take care of me to make sure that I stayed uh, positive. I told him, I said, no, yeah, I said, you know, if I, if I jump on somebody during practice, I said, you make sure that before practice is over, I, I say something positive to him, that I, that I, I really bring that positive part out. <laughs> he said, okay, so one day he told me, he says, yeah, uh, he said, uh, you were really negative to Paula. Yeah, so I think positive. I said, and I'm not good either. I'm mad. <laughs> 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 but you know, and then I, then I had uh, uh, Fred was my assistant for nine years. Uh, uh, Terry Long, who played for me, and D. Smith, he was my assistant for uh, 15, 20 years. Uh, Tom Lentz, who coached uh, football. Was my assistant for about ten years. I, I I just I just had great great assistant coaches, and I think that was the answer. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was the that was the thing that that, that kept our kids going and and uh, kept kept bringing the positive into it. You know, stay positive with them, and then have great great assistants, and and we did. Was that something that you emphasized to your to your youth coaches that positivity, or was that just kind of something that came naturally to them, or was it a kind of a combination of both? It was a combination of both. Uh-huh. It was a it was a combination of both. I I emphasized it to them, but it, it did it did come kind of natural to most of them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I, I don't know. I don't know how I could have been so lucky. They've had so many great coaches. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm really interested. You'll have to uh, to let me know when the when the book comes out, and I'll take some of my Carmen Meyer retirement funds, and I'll throw a little bit of money <laughs> your way and, and pick up a copy. So, uh, 
Super. <laughs> um, what did your uh, what did a, a typical uh, Larry Luchin's uh, practice look like? Uh, uh, we, we always uh, we always started by uh, uh, sitting down in front of the uh, front of the locker room door on the, on the gym floor and and talking like I just said uh, something positive and. and uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes it was uh, five minutes. Sometimes it was fifteen minutes. You know, that, that we spent doing that. But, but we always started that way, and uh, then we always wanted to start. You know, fundamentally, um, we would. You know, whether whether it was uh, um, running a, a, a three on zero fast break drill or, or three on two two on one fast break drill. We would always have something in practice dealing with full court fast break. Uh, I wanted to fast break. I wanted to play as much full court basketball as I could, and so we would always start that way. And uh, what was the uh, what was the philosophy behind that? You just wanted to get their blood flowing right away, or yeah, I wanted to get it pumped up and going right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they they you know, they knew that. That's what I expected, and, and, and they, they, they wanted to do it. You know, they wanted to be able to run. They wanted to be able to be a fast team, and, and so uh, they, they enjoyed those types of things. And then we always started with defense, and we would, we would work on defense. We would work on defense as much as we would work on offense or more. And uh, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be a good defensive team. And then we work on shooting. Um, wanted to be able to shoot, and uh, wanted to be able to shoot well from the free throw line. And so we worked on those kind of things. Uh, maybe we didn't, you know, maybe we didn't work enough on offense. You know, sometimes I, I wonder. I look back and I think, you know, we weren't as good offensively as we should have been. Or could have been. And maybe we didn't work enough on it, but we worked on defense and we worked on on running and fast break and and uh, fundamentals from that that standpoint. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I look back on it, I think uh, you know maybe maybe we should have worked on offense a little bit more. That was, you know, kind of my, in some ways, my my next question. You kind of stole the answer from me. Uh, you know, if if there was if there was one thing. Uh, that you would choose to 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 really emphasize and practice. It, it was it was defense, but you wish you would have done more more offensive stuff. Would would that be skill? That's, that's de- it, absolutely. Would it absolutely. be would it be skill development or would it be team execution or what do you mean by that? Well, skill skill development and and but you know when I look back and think about. Uh, how much time we spent on defense, and then I look at how much time we spent on offense. There's no comparison, and I'm thinking probably should have spent more time on offense. Maybe should have spent more time on on offense team wise, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I had it, if I had it to do all over again, I would. I would spend more time on offense. Okay. Um, what uh, if you had to pick? Uh, with, with your with your defensive 
influence there or your defensive philosophy. What are what are one, two, three defensive drills that uh, that Custer High uh, worked on consistently? You know, you've got to, you know you've only got a half hour of practice, let's say, uh, to to to, or you've only got a half hour designated for defense today. What are the two or three drills that you you're going to run that you think are the most complete defensive drills that you get that you guys worked on? Well, you know, we, we would, we would want to work a lot of one-on-one and, uh, whether we're working one-on-one and we're doing it, uh, uh, half court, full court, uh, uh, doesn't matter. Uh, but we wanted to work on fundamentals, fundamentals defensively one-on-one. And that way we could work the footwork into it, the hands into it, uh, uh, making sure that we're, we're, we're cutting the guy off in the right uh, way. We're, we're, we're forcing him to the side. Um, we want to make sure that our footwork is good. And uh, we work a lot of hard. And, and, and you know, it, it wasn't always where it should be, but it always kept getting better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, anything else that you did? Well, and we did a lot of fast break. We did a lot of full court stuff. Uh, uh, I wanted to be able to, uh, I wanted to run. I wanted to be able to be in better shape than, uh, than anybody we played or, or as good a shape. You know, you can't say you're going to be in better shape, but, uh, we ran a lot, you know, and we tried to, we tried to include the, the fundamentals of the game into the running that we didn't just get out there and say, okay, we're going to run up and down here 20 times. You know, yeah. We, we wanted to be doing something and, uh, and, and we were, yeah. we were. Yeah. That's, that's called track practice and I wouldn't want anything to do with that. <laughs> no. I, I agree. Yeah. I wasn't a track man. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I, I never have found the, the joy in just running just because it's there, you know, uh, even, when I, even when I was younger, I couldn't do that. So, Amen. Um, did you, uh, believe you could, you could, I don't want to say shortcut, but I guess that's a word. Uh, you could shortcut some things on offense and some skill development by developing the defensive side of the ball, causing chaos on defense, which would then simplify your offensive game plan, uh, by, by, by creating some offense from your defense. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely thought that, and I definitely wanted to do that. You know, create uh, uh, create offense from the defense, and uh, you know, and I think that we did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still, you know, I, I still, when I look at it, I still think should have spent more time mm-hmm. on offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I had, if I had to do it again, I would. Mm-hmm. There's not any doubt in my mind. What uh, what type of you know, in a in a perfect world, you know, what kind of what kind of defense are you coaching there in the half court? Court? Are you a zone guy? Are you a man guy? Uh, if you're a man guy, are you pushing baseline? Are you pushing to the middle? Are you pack line? You know, what were kind of some of your philosophies on there and, and the reasoning behind the philosophy? Well, I did a little of everything, but I, what I wanted to do was was play man to man, and uh, I wanted to uh, push them to the sideline. And uh, um, I wanted to to play, you know, good help defense. Um, but uh, you know, 
times uh, I, I watched, uh, uh, you know, Virginia play, and, and I and I thought, you know, she would probably be playing a little of that pack when I had <laughs> for impressive. They, they do it well. They do it really well. And, and so, you know, we tried to work, uh, we tried to work a little on that, uh, um, not, not a lot, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, but we tried to do some. And, uh, um, I think that, uh, the important thing was, uh, was, uh, on the, on the defensive fundamentals is, is to make sure that they understood what we wanted one-on-one. How we wanted to guard one on one, what kind of help we needed to have, mm-hmm. where the help came from, what are the important things. I mean, we need to talk. We need to uh, um, you know, force them to the outside. We need to keep good pressure on the ball. And uh, uh, I, I think that I think for the most part, we, you know, we did a good job of that. But like I said. Uh, uh, I probably should have spent a little bit more time on offense. And, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just didn't. Um, what, uh, when you, when you worked with your, with your kids on your fundamental work and especially like your shooting, uh, how did you, uh, what were some of the keys that you taught your, your kids as they developed their, their, their shot and the fundamentals of, of, of their of their stroke of, of how they put the ball in the basket. Well, I can remember. Uh, uh, I can remember back when Lance was about uh, about ten years old, and he came to practice every day, and, and uh, we didn't uh, we weren't shooting real well, and so uh, there was a there was a guy who was a friend of mine from Colorado. Uh, and uh, he started something called the Shot Doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I got him to, to come to Custer and put on a, a three-day camp using the fundamentals of, uh, that he had set up with the Shot Doctor. And uh, it was really funny because Lance sat right beside me in the game. And all of a sudden... Uh, starting the season and all of a sudden I hear him saying things like up and out, up and out. Well, he was <laughs> wanting the kid, you know, to go up in the air with the shot and, and then follow through, you know, out of it. And I thought, like, this is great. I mean, he, he remembered, he listened to <laughs> James Blaine when he was coaching and talking and uh, he ended up being a heck of a shooter and and that was that was one of the reasons. But we tried to we tried to we tried to talk about the the uh, shot doctor stuff uh, every every year, and uh, probably almost every day. And you know that was one of the things that uh, that he that he you know, he talked about up and out, up and out, uh, all through all through it. And uh, it was it was good. It was good. What he had what he had the shot doctor was good, and. Uh, uh-huh. I had one of those moments with my son as well. He he usually he's seventeen now, 
but he comes down to the state tournament with me every year in Nebraska, and it's only a 45-minute drive, so it's it's not a big deal. But uh, you know, travel-wise, but I, I had one of those moments with him when he was about seven or eight, and we were sitting in the stands watching a state semifinal, and the two teams that were playing were two teams that we had played during the regular season, and um, there was it was at the end of the quarter. There was like six seconds left in the quarter and the ball went out of bounds. Uh, and so they're setting up a baseline out of bounds. And this, this kid from one team goes running to the scorer's bench. And it was, I was sitting there and then my son was sitting to the right of me. And then one of my assistants was sitting on the other side of my son. And, and mind you, he's like eight years old. And he goes, he goes, dad, 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 they're, they're putting in number 20. Uh, she's going to take it out and then they're going to run a double screen here and then she's going to throw it here and then she's going to loop around and she's going to shoot the three at the end of the quarter. <laughs> and coach, I kid you not, she came in, she took the ball out, they ran a kid off a double, she kind of ran a, you know, so a lot of people call it elevator or whatever, yep. uh, that type of thing. Boom, she catches it, lets it fly, hits the three at the buzzer. Boom, exactly like you said it. And my assistant coach looked at my son, and he was just like, am I sitting next to Rain Man right here? <laughs> and um, and, and uh, Coach Ronfeld goes, how did you know that? And Carter goes, well, I paid attention to the scouting report when you guys went over it. And I was, I was like, oh, my goodness gracious. What a what – a, uh, I feel I feel sorry for his future wife because this is a basketball nerd in training here. So uh, those those are those are pretty sweet moments when uh, when 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 you hear that happen and and you and you realize how much your children are invested in what you're what you're doing. You know. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Um, what did you do uh, if if you kid if you had a good shooter? Uh, I think this is an interesting question. Uh, if you have a kid that's a that's normally a pretty good shooter, but they're struggling a little bit, uh, you know, was that a kid that you, you talked to some that you tried to build up their confidence that you kind of left them alone and tried to have them figure it out? Was it kind of a case by case scenario? You know, how did you handle those things when it came to to shooting? Because you know, some of it's mechanics, and but a lot of the time it's just in between the ears as well. I think so. most of the time it is. Between the ears. Uh-huh. Uh, what, what I would do is, is uh, uh, maybe I had somebody who would uh, miss five shots in a row. Uh, I'm a, I, I'd pull them out, sit them down beside me, and I'd say, okay, uh, let's, I want you to make ten in a row now. Uh, and uh, I wanted them to shoot the shot in their head, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to make it. And I said, and remember, everything is positive. There's nothing negative now when you're shooting. And uh, I think for the most part, it worked, you know, pretty good. Uh, they'd go back in, and I, I'd hope that the first shot they took, they'd make. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times they did. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I really I really think it's, uh, it's really a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if, if you have a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any uh, superstitions or anything like that when you were when you were coaching? Was there any, you know, I got to make sure that 
I'm chewing spearmint gum before every game or <laughs> or or anything like that. I, I really didn't. I really didn't have any uh, uh, superstitions like that. Um, I tell you, there's one thing that uh, if if I had a shooter, a good shooter, I never got on them if they missed a shot or if they took a bad shot. I didn't get on them. Now I might, you know, bring them out and talk to them on the bench and 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 try to talk in a very positive way. But I but I didn't want to yell at them. You know, what kind of shot was that? What are you doing? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, I had uh, I had a good good friend who uh, who coached at uh, at Black Hills and and. Um, by the name of Jim Sutherland, and he and I coached uh, together in the in the summertime. And I remember I barked at, at Lance one time, my son, and uh, he put his, Jim put his hand on my leg and he said, "Larry, do you want him to be a shooter?" Well, yeah, I said. He said, "Don't yell at him when he misses a shot." Then, mm-hmm. and by golly, I never did again. Yeah, I never did. And the same thing with with the other other kids that I had that were good shooters. I never got on them if they took a bad shot or or if they missed a shot. Now I might very quietly say something to them on the bench, but I'm not going to say something that anybody else is going to hear. Yeah, yeah. One I would I would tell a lot of my kids, hey, they're not all going in, but the next one is, and that's the way yep. you got to think. You know. Yeah. Yep. Uh, very good. Yeah. You know, so I, I always tried to get them in that mindset of, hey, you, you're, you're going to miss. Don't worry about it. Shoot it again. You know, let yep. it fly. So uh, last question, Coach. Uh, you know, you, you coach for a long time. Uh, you've had a few years of reflection here in retirement. Uh, you know, Carter Plum, who's now 17, let's say five years from now, he graduates from college and and he says, Coach Luchens, you know, five years ago, you were on my dad's podcast, and he had a great time, and he loved talking hoops with you, and, and hopefully we'll talk hoops more than more than just this occasion. But what advice? I want to be a coach. Uh, what What are some pieces of advice that you would get me give me going into this career, um, whether it's on the court, off the court, personal life? Uh, for for any of our younger coaches that are just getting into it that are listening, uh, what are what's some advice you would give to to a young coach just just getting started with their career? You gotta love it. You gotta love it. If you don't love it, you're never going to be successful. So so you gotta love it. You gotta love the game, and uh, you gotta love the opportunity that you have to to be there and. Uh, uh, with with these kids and and I I just I just think it's it's so important to be positive that doesn't mean that I never barked at anybody or you know bit somebody's head off or something like that because I did but for the big the big thing is is stay positive you know stay positive work with the kids in a positive gender because you're, you're gonna come out with a lot more uh, uh, rewards yourself if you stay positive and i think that's that's the most important thing uh uh stay positive and and uh have fun Mm -hmm. yeah having fun with it i i think um and i've i've said this on other pods i i think that's you know 
uh, I think in my own personal situation, I, I, I lost a little bit of the joy of it and, and, and not having fun with it as much as, as I should have. Um, and, and that's one thing that I definitely, I, I know I'm, I, I've already made that promise to myself is if slash when I get back into it, that I'm going to have fun with whatever we're going to be doing. Even if it's really stressful, I'm going to be, I'm going to be having fun and I'm going to let that stress kind of dissipate away and just have a lot of fun Amen. with what I'm doing with it, you know? So, Amen. yeah. So coach Larry Luchens of Custer, South Dakota coach, this has been a privilege. It has been an absolute pleasure. I am so thankful to my buddy Meyer who, uh, and your son who were kind of the middlemen here to, to bring us together. Uh, this has just been a, a truly, a, a, a terrific conversation. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. I, I, I was serious when I told you I could talk basketball forever, and uh, and, I, and I could. Uh, I, I was uh, I was fortunate uh, Friday. I, I talked uh, basketball with a with a young kid from uh, from Indiana who's going to do a story on on basketball, Native American basketball, and now I get a chance to talk to you. I mean, this is. You've had a heck of a weekend. I have. Had. Oh well, I have. this is this has been terrific. And uh, if you're if you're ever in the Omaha area, uh, please 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 do not hesitate to to give me a call. I, I owe you I owe you a dinner or something. And and uh, if you know the next time I run up to Sioux Falls, uh, well, my my buddy and. And his wife and my wife and I, we, we're, we're very, very good friends. And uh, I will, if, if it's all right with you, I wouldn't mind giving you a holler and taking you out for a meal just for, for coming I'd on the podcast it. here. So I'd love it. That would be awesome. Uh, Coach, if you could stay on the line for just a minute here as we wrap things up, uh, we'll, we'll get this taken care of here. Coach, uh, Coach Larry Luchens, uh, uh, what a basketball mind to, to uh, share his thoughts and knowledge on the game and his life experiences here uh, on episode 23 of A Pen and a Napkin. Uh, again, uh, coaches, we want to thank COSAC Chiropractic for sponsoring the pod. Uh, if you're in need of any chiropractic services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. Uh, search that, find it. We'll have stuff on there, including this podcast. It'll be on there Monday morning. Uh, download, rate, and review. Uh, the podcast, again, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, let folks know uh, about it. Again, it's all about helping coaches get better. And then, of course, if you have, if you have uh, comments, if you have suggestions, if you have ideas, please do not hesitate to email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, again, just uh, the, the South Dakota Hall of Famer, Larry Luchens from Custer, South Dakota. It's such a privilege to have him on here this week on A Pen and a Napkin. Coaches, as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.